A lot of people ask me stupid fucking questions. A lot of people think that what I say on podcast or what I talk about on a podcast that I actually do in real life or that I believe in it. Or if I say that I want to kill somebody that I'm actually going to do it or that I believe in it. Well, shit. If you believe that, then I'll kill you. You know why? Because I'm a criminal. Hello, boys and girls. It's me, Troy. And it's just me today. That's right. But welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, an intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. And I don't want to start the episode off this way, but I feel like I have to. I was riding a high from an email that we received uh, in regards to an episode in which I went off on Natalia. Now, remember... This is a comedy podcast, okay? If you want serious discussion, go and listen to JR's Barbecue Sauce Podcast or whatever the fuck it's called, okay? Because you're not going to get it here. What you're going to get here is a couple of laughs. And as all of my friends know me, I will do whatever it takes to get a laugh out of my friends and our fans. That is the whole reason why I do this, is because I like to entertain. And to me... Just a plain conversation about wrestling is not entertaining enough. Now, for some people, that's what they're looking for. That's great. There are podcasts out there for you. This one, probably not the one for you, though. But if you are like me and you laugh at a horribly offensive comments or just general banter between some guys who love wrestling, then this is the place you should be. And I have come across podcasts before that... I've listened to and disliked, and do you know what I did? I unsubscribed to them, and that was it. They were out of my thoughts at that point. They were out of my mind, and I didn't do anything else with it. I didn't take the time out of my day to craft a review of a podcast I didn't like because it's subjective. Now, I have been on the record in the past as saying that I'm not a fan of when people just throw out five stars. I'm also not a fan of people throwing out zero stars or people going and just slamming something for the sake of slamming something or slamming something because they were offended by something. If you were offended by something, that's on you, okay? So we got this message. Now, mind you, it's in regards to the same exact episode that we got that awesome email about praising how much how funny that it was because that bit was a comedy bit okay if you can't tell the difference between when we are talking about a serious conversation such as the sexual harassment allegations or rape allegations in the past that's a serious conversation and we take a different tone during that we sound different our inflection is different and then if you can't tell the difference between that and when I go on an admittedly drunken and probably more offensive than, than necessary rant about a, a person who I don't really care that much about, 
or when I we randomly make jokes about things that are offensive on this thing here, it's done for laughs. And if you can't tell the difference, move along. But don't turk the time out of your day like Nathan Hooper decided to do when he posted, listened up until the recent episode, which right there I'm going to call bullshit because... <laughs> If you listened up into the most recent episode and nowhere along the lines were you offended by something else that I might have said, then how did you get to the Natalia episode without being like, okay, th- there's there's a couple things I don't don't agree with. Where these guys just went on a drunk rant full of misogynistic hate. I wouldn't call it that. I would call it being, uh, I would call it joking. Um, I think that, you know... Uh, see, this is this is why I didn't want to start the show off like this because it's it's a difficult thing to say because while I think that people are far too uh, too quick to like throw out the I'm so offended by this sort of like that like again like I'm not gonna change what I say I'm probably gonna say something offensive on the show because I'm I have nobody to rein me in today I'm not gonna change what I do. Most likely your comment here, Nathan, is not going to dissuade anyone from listening to the show. Um, and if they do dissuade somebody from listening to the show, it's probably someone who wouldn't like wouldn't have liked the show anyways. So at least with that, yes, you may have saved us from future comments like yours. But I just don't understand why you feel the need to call us out. So anyways, full of misogynistic hate. Yeah, okay. I went off on Natalia. I've gone off on dudes too. I have, there is fucking 354 episodes of the show. I'm on a good, like, 60% of them. And I guarantee you, somewhere around there, there was there are comments of me going off on dudes. There'll be comments about me going off on dudes on this one here, this episode here, too. Okay? So, I may call a woman a cunt, but I also call, ass, call, call dudes assholes, or douchebags, or dickbags, things like that. Okay? I am an equal opportunity hater. You guys come off as sad losers who want to hate fuck every female wrestler out there. First of all, I'm not I'm not a fan of hate fucking. It's not it's not that fun. It's not really my style. Second, uh, again, I'm a father of two. I've got a great life. I'm not a sad loser. I'm a wrestling fan who took the time out of his day to share this podcast with people. All fifty of you who actually listen. All fifty of you who have stuck around and continue to listen to the podcast. And I thank you, every single one of you, from the bottom of my heart for listening here, and I hope that I bring some joy to your life. Because, honestly, I don't seem to have brought any to Nathan's life. You can't support the female wrestlers after they were barred from the Greatest Royal Rumble one week and then call them cunts the next embarrassing. I didn't call all of them cunts, first of all. All right, see, that's a joke. See how you can, how our, our listeners right now can tell the difference between that and and us talking about the women getting screwed over there's different inflection in our voices there's different context that we talk about but again if we spent the entire show just like giving you like exactly how we felt on things without trying to to make it entertaining it would be fucking boring and or it would be some of the podcasts that the episodes that we've had where you know we just hated on everything and without the without the jokes in it it would just be us bitching and moaning about it and we don't want to be those wrestling fans we don't want to be those guys that just shit on everything we want to make sure that you're entertained and we do that in the way we do it you know when i started on the show 
it was as a commentary on the side back when we used to do the shows live. And eventually I got pulled up to the show because of the jokes that I made, made the guys laugh on air. And, you know, even at the time too, they were still saying things. I mean, Raccoon Reigns is, is one of the, probably the most offensive guys out there, but I love the guy. He might be dead now, but I still love him, you know? And we have very similar senses of humor and, and there are fans out there have similar senses of humor to me or to Jason or to Adam or to Sal, you know? And, you know, generally, yeah, I understand that like, um, you know, words, words can, can be harmful at times. Um, we make it a point here not to, not to say any, anything racist. Um, you know, we will call out racism, you know, we will make some, some racist jokes from time to time, but they're, but they're jokes and we're equal opportunity jokesters, you know? Um, so I'm not, um, I just, I was kind of upset to hear kind of the other side of it, but I guess I really shouldn't, I should have expected it because, um, it's not the first time that somebody has, you know, called me out for, for making jokes that others would find offensive. But you know what? There's no need for it because I'm not going to change. You know, if there was something that like if if Natalia calls a show up, which she's not going to do. But if Natalia called up the show and was like, I was really offended that you called me a cunt, I would apologize. But that's the only person. Only the people that I directly said things to that were directly offended by it can come to me and say, oh, I was offended by that. If you were offended on behalf of Natalia, first of all, she doesn't fucking care. Okay. And she's hurt far worse and has been through far worse. So I, I guess that's all I have to say. If you're still here, great. Um, we've got a mediocre show for you. Uh, I hope that you don't delete it, but if you do, Hey, I understand Jason will be back next week. Um, we've got, uh, I've got a pay-per-view to predict which Jason has given me the predictions for, um, and we've got a segment here coming up that, uh, of course, you know, we do every week. And it's a little something called... Okay, so starting things off, Bray Wyatt returned from his injury. Um, I, I would not even really call it an injury because he didn't seem any worse for wear. Uh, he didn't do much in terms of wrestling, which I understand. He's probably pretty bruised up and everything like that, but really no physical signs on him or anything like that. Uh, the segment he returned in, of course, was another between him, Matt Hardy, and the B team. 
And it was just kind of your normal affair. The B team are comedy jokesters and they make fun of, you know, the deleters of world and the deleters of world kick their asses. It's kind of rinse, rather repeat. So, um, is that how you do it? Rinse, lather, repeat or lather, lather, rinse, repeat. I am already fucking drunk. So just, just to warn you for people who have been offended by my drunk rants before I'm drunk. Here's another sip for you. Oh, that's disgusting. All right. So um, I'll get into, you know, a little bit more of the setup for the for this match for Extreme Rules. Um, it's it's a match that has no stipulation, which is weird because these two have just been kind of beating the hell out of each other. These two, these two teams haven't beaten the hell out of each other. And I don't know. I don't really get it. But hey, I'm not a writer. So what do you know? All right, so moving right along from one comedy team to another, Team Hell No continues to fail to make me laugh. Now, me, I'm I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan. Um, we tried to have a conversation about it last week in regards to, you know, Daniel kind of, the writers kind of failing Daniel once he returned from his, from his lengthy, you know, retirement. Him being in a, in a tag team with, with Kane, not only have we seen it before, but they're they're using their same kind of shtick that they did with Team Hell No for the Bailey and Sasha feud, and those two weren't even a fucking tag team for that long. Okay, but um, yeah, so Team Hell No wound up uh, wound up getting the win in a, a, a multi man match, and the end of the show was Daniel Bryan trying to make the pyro go off like Kane does because Kane was doing the yes chant, and eventually Daniel did, which is like so. They're trying to tell us that Kane summons that pyro, not that there's some guy in back that hits a button and it goes off. Because first of all, that's dumb. Second of all, like it's it's so ridiculous. And like Kane was shocked by it, like, oh my god, the pyro went off. Well, yeah, because the dude in fucking back has got a monitor in front of him and he knows it's a sign to do it. So uh I mean, like I said, Daniel Bryan is a guy who who should be main eventing. Uh, the show obviously he was in the main event of this but he's he's in a comedy tag team and this is a guy who is still selling tremendous merchandise is everyone was uh, i mean you heard it on the show here we were we were so fucking pumped to have daniel bryan back to have him you know finally be able to wrestle again we still don't know what his future might hold and maybe that's why he's been put into this situation because he hasn't signed that contract. It sounds like they're still negotiating and things like that. But um, I, I understand if WWE doesn't want to propel him into like the main event scene. But I also think that the best way to keep him around is to probably put the fucking title on him. Put the WWE title on him. You know, you should be having him and AJ Styles go at it. Or if you want to have Rusev be a paper champion, you know, have Rusev win it. And then have, you know, Dana Bryan face off against Rusev at whatever the fuck pay-per-view is next. And then, you know, if he decides he wants to stick around, great. If not, you've got another pay-per-view before his contract is up. So you kind of tell him, hey, if you're gonna not going to sign with us and you're going to go back to the local armory and, and wrestle there and probably get your neck fucking broken again and, and die, that's fine. We'll take the title back off you. You had one last little title run before you left. We'll bring it back once you're, you know, you're crippled and we can give you the warrior award. Um, or you could continue this title run and, you know, resign a contract. So it's, you know, the ball's kind of in his court. But again, this, this whole tag team thing is just like, 
man, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, the Bludgeon Brothers haven't had any real, real time to shine here because obviously they're not, they're not going to be able to get, uh, get over against Dana Bryan and, and Team Held Out in terms of the fans. And the fans have been behind the Bludgeon Brothers. They've enjoyed them. Uh, but it's Dana Bryan, and he is going to suck all of the positive heat away from you. And he's going to be the focal point of anything he's in, which is exactly why, you know, he should probably be in the main event. But we'll get to that. Uh, a match that thankfully is not going to be the main event. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns continued their little endeavor uh, by having a pull-apart brawl. So WWE looked at their roster of people and they're like, all right, uh, we need everybody that we're probably going to fire within the next year to go out there and pull these guys apart. So, of course, you got Curtis Axel. You've got, uh, um, for some reason, Finn Balor was out there. Um, Bobby Lashley was out there. Not Bobby Lashley. Of course he was out there. Bobby Roode was out there. Um, Zack Ryder. Mike Kanellis, who probably, with the news that Maria Kanellis is, is set to return soon, probably has a better shot of sticking around a little bit more if they figure out what the fuck they want to do with him. But he's stranded on Raw and probably is not going to get the time. But he didn't get any time on SmackDown either, so there you go. Um, this whole thing with Lashley and Reigns, I mean, it's going to be a hoss fight, we know that. I don't know that anyone was clamoring for this, but... You know, we've continued to book Reigns in such a way to kind of make it seem like he's in the mid-card. Um, he's been kind of playing this up as as like the the like anti-hero cocky heel, but I don't know what WWE can do at this point with the guy. I personally in, enjoy this iteration of Reigns, but he's one of those guys that, you know, maybe maybe an injury might be the best for him because then he'd be off of TV for a couple of months and people could, you know, find something else to hate. Because I don't think that it's gonna it's gonna change anytime soon, which you know is is a shame because he's a very competent worker. He's a very hard worker, um, and you know he is a guy that they were, they should be that that they'll be there. They would be able to put out there and sell some tickets, you know, um, and maybe try to cross him over to other things if he cuts that chick that fucking hair of his. But. Um, you know, he, he, I think has, has a lot of potential left in him. I, I, I just think that it's the fun thing to do is to hate him. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you a guy who, who definitely started to look more and more like a star is Drew fucking McIntyre. You know, here's a guy who, when he first joined WWE, you know, as his chosen boy thing as Vince McMahon's, you know, uh, personal ass liquor and things like that. He was in good shape, but you know, he was, he was kind of like, okay, well, you know, he's, he looks like he's fresh off the Indies. He's not, he's not jacked like a lot of these guys are and things like that. Uh, his character is kind of, kind of one side. He's not good on the mic. He's okay in the ring. He's nothing special. Uh, and then, you know, he went through his shit with 3MB and stuff like that. And eventually got fired and good on him for turning around and becoming this because not only does the guy look fucking phenomenal, he is just a beast. Um, but also, he's improved so fucking much in the ring. And what did they do? They put him in the ring with fucking Seth Rollins. And we already know Seth has been doing an amazing job of just performing week in and week out. But the fact that 
Drew McIntyre was with him fucking step for step. These two guys have faced each other before down in, in NXT and, you know, in other areas as well. This was a, an awesome match. Um, it, it, again, makes me wish that Drew McIntyre would have won the IC belt. And considering that, you know, we're right back to Ziggler and Rollins at Extreme Rules and Jason's whole rant about, you know, oh, they're just trying to move Rollins up to the main event. Uh, kind of looks stupid at this point, doesn't it, buddy? But, hey, you know, I still love you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, McIntyre should be the guy who they can eventually groom up to being a main eventer because the guy has got the look. I mean, how, how do you not get an erection every time you see this guy? He's just, he's just a walking pile of testosterone and he continues, like I said, to, to outshine everyone else he's around there with. And, and that's hard to do when you're, when you're up against Rollins, but they put on, uh, just a display. And this is exactly what you want as a wrestling fan is to, is to see a guy like that who, was gone from from the company for a while, reinvented himself, and came back with just a fresh breath of fresh air, and you know, and and has now looks like he's going to be a, a fixture now, and he's not going to be back into the comedy role and stuff like that. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But I think right now, I mean, he's he's going to start stealing a lot of the thunder. Uh, the mid card in on Raw is getting very deep now with Elias and, and McIntyre and obviously Ziggler in there as well. Rollins kicking around there. Um, you know, Lashley, I would say was probably going to go back in there and even guys like Bobby Roode and, you know, one Sami Zayn is out for a year, so you can't really count him anymore, but I would put Kevin Owens in there right now, which sucks, but you know, He'll get back. I, I, I fully believe he'll be back to the main event at some point in time. It just needs to happen, you know, organically with him. And, and he's still getting storylines every week. They're not leaving him off television or anything like that. So, which is good. Um, so, yeah. So, um, the last thing that I have to say about Raw is um, everything that the Wright family has done lately to kind of build themselves back up into a competitive force has gone right out the window with... Uh, Ruby Riot's injury and you know yes they were used again this week but but then they lost and they they could have done so much more with this team and they were starting to get it back starting to make them seem like a like a force again and obviously Ruby Riot's injury hurts them but you could still have Ruby Riot you know out there even on crutches and shit like that we saw it with I mean the New Day had Xavier Woods out there with a broken fucking ankle for a long time but instead, they're they're slowly fading back into obscurity, and and we've got two different women's storylines, and the right family is not in either one of them. So, um, technically three if you include Ronda Rousey in there, because she's kind of just hopping back and forth, uh, getting that uh, um, Brock Lesnar treatment of being suspended when they don't want her on TV for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, again, it's you know at this point, it'd probably be best to break up this team and see what the ladies can do solo. But I don't feel that the writers are going to give them any time at all to, or any attention at all. Liv Morgan, you know, she is what she is. Um, she's another very beautiful woman who, uh, can kind of wrestle, probably needed some more time down there, but she's got, she's got a decent character. She's got a great look. Um, Sarah Logan is, is kind of the opposite of that. She, not another beautiful woman, everything like that, but, um, much better in the ring, but her character wise is, questionable i would say um but you know again i mean 
and then obviously Ruby Riot is the one that they they had a lot of a lot of push behind. Um, you know, she's she's a really good worker. She's got a very unique look, which they're kind of looking for now that Paige is is out of the business. And Paige didn't even really have that unique of a look either. I mean, she was uh, yes, she was pale, um, but she was you know a, an attractive chick with dark hair, but normal dark hair. A uh, couple of tattoos, but nothing that noticeable. Whereas Ruby Riot is kind of the that you know the punk rock chick. The haircut is different. The the tattoos, you know, they have the same. Ember Moon is another one of those people with a very unique look. Um, you know, very very beautiful woman, but with the the unique hairstyle, hair color, and the, and the eyes and everything like that. It's what you got to do to stand out. And um, I, I think that you look at someone like Liv Morgan, and it's hard to stand out when. Carmelo looks a lot like you. Mandy Rose looks pretty decently like you as well. I don't get the, you know, the the blue tongue thing. It's not really really doing it for me. It's not enough to kind of set yourself apart. Sarah Logan is not person not a person who has a, a, an altogether unique look to her either. You know, she's she's kind of another face in the crowd when it comes to things. Um, you know, when you got people like Sasha, obviously has, you know, you see her, you know her. Naomi's got a look to her, you know, Becky Lynch has got the hair, you know, Charlotte's more about the name. If you just saw, I mean, the physique as well. I mean, Charlotte's physique is the thing that kind of sets her apart from things, but, um, you know, it's the same thing where if the Iconics didn't have the gimmicks that they had, they would just be more beautiful women, you know, and you need to set yourself apart. And that's difficult to do because you're also fighting against the fact that you're not going to get a lot of time. But I, you know, that it it's one of those situations that, you know, they're they're doing the best they can on it. But the the booking of the Wright family really really hasn't been doing them much much good lately, which is is sad because, you know, we we were on record as saying we were very excited about seeing what would happen, and then the next, you know, they also got kind of the shaft because Raw had just introduced Absolution, and then. They introduced the riots family the next night, and a lot of the, a lot of the there are a lot of parallels between the two crews. Um, so now, obviously, with Paige's you know having to retire and stuff like that, the, the riot family is still here, and we never really got that riot family absolution you know tussle that I thought we were going to have. Um, and then with obviously Ruby getting injured now, it it the you know the slightly less interesting members of the crew now have to step up and i don't think that they've been able to do it so a couple of a uh, couple other little notes here obviously you know this is going to be a shorter episode but you know it, sometimes you need those ones so we found out that uh um, jim the anvil nightheart uh has been diagnosed with alzheimer's and i know that one of the things one of the topics this is going to bring up um, is the whole CTE stuff. You know, Jim is a guy who's had concussion problems. He's had, you know, drug and alcohol problems in his life as well. You never want to hear about these kinds of things. You know, the, the brain is always kind of the, the one thing you, you don't want to lose and the one thing you try to hold on to. Um, you know, Jim has had his, his demons, but he's a guy who is, is trying now. And I feel like, you know, if this is his reward for trying, you know, that, that sucks. And I wish I could put it more eloquently than that, but that's, that's what it is. You know, um, 
it, uh, Jim is another one of those guys who kind of throughout his career was a mid Carter. He had some kind of moments that he was able to shine here and there, obviously being in the take team with Bret Hart and then eventually Bret surpassing him. Um, Jim had kind of his moments. He was a, he was a really good character throughout his career. Uh, he was a very competent wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. And obviously, you know, um, he's, he's thankfully been able to watch his daughter have a very full career and, you know, it's just kind of sad to hear that, you know, he's dealing with that now. Um, but that's always kind of the harsh reality of it is as, as you get older, as a wrestling fan, you have to start watching some of these guys that you watched as a kid start to physically break down or mentally break down. Obviously, you know, we've lost Vader, you know, even a guy like Matt Capitelli we lost. And I mean, that was you know, 10, 15 years ago when we first got introduced to him and, you know, other guys, you know, big Van Vader, like I said, and, and a lot of these, these guys, even people who are like, well, I watched the warrior and now he's gone. And, you know, there's, it's, it's one of those things you don't really have, um, the same kind of thing. And, in some other, Line, you know, obviously you, you'll get some tragic things in, you know, like a, an actor that you used to like or something like that. Um, but I think with wrestling, oftentimes it, it happens so much more fresh because of the lifestyle and because of what they have to do. You know, you get the same same thing with with football as well. You know, a lot of the guys that, you know, you you watched when you were a kid are now suddenly turning around and being like, I've got memory issues and things like that. Uh, it's it's a topic for another day, I think, and one that I think we'll have to get into in the future. But I, I would say that there's probably going to be some talk as this kind of progresses on was was the, the sport and was the concussions that he got along the way from unprotected chair shots or, or, or botched moves or just normal moves kind of the, the the factor that helped accelerate um you know his alzheimer's and and you know we'll have to kind of see how he's able to to cope with this and and hopefully i i, I mean i hope the guy has a long life still and i hope that you know through some different treatments and things like that he can he can hang on to his faculties a little bit longer than you know he he might have been able to a couple of years ago so um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get, you know, too, I don't want to have this podcast be too down. Um, but the next topic we have to talk about is a couple of injuries. Um, Dustin Rhodes, better known as Goldust, had double knee surgery. Uh, we haven't really heard at all about, um, about Goldust being injured. We obviously, we haven't seen him on TV, but even when he's healthy, we typically don't see him on TV. Um, he's at that point in his career now. Where any injury and any prolonged um, absence from the ring could potentially be the end, you know. You look at guys like Big Show, uh, guys like Mark Henry, who kind of been struggling with injuries and stuff like that. Mark Henry obviously is is I guess retired. You know, he still is not ready to say that he's retired, but because it's because it's wrestling, and guys will keep coming back. Um, but obviously, Big Show is you know got into this phenomenal shape, but the injuries and and the wear and tear on his body from years of kind of yo-yoing back and forth on his weight and things like that have really done a lot to him. Dustin is a guy who you know he's he got into great shape for his comeback, um, continues to look in great shape, but you know the damage has been done. 
he's a guy who's been wrestling for a long time. He's a guy who kind of struggled with different things, you know, destroyed his body. Thankfully is, is sober now, uh, and, and has, and is recovering. But again, like I said, I mean, that, that damage is done. You look at a guy like Eddie Guerrero was a guy who, you know, also had a lot of damage on him and, and obviously died from, from some of the things that, that he did, even though he had gotten clean and, and was in phenomenal shape and everything like that. I don't think, like I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Goldust, but you know, to take it back a little bit, to, to pull it back a little bit, I should say. Um, you know, we we hope for a, a speedy recovery on him, and I I do think we you know if they could book him well, he's got another run in him. Another guy who we haven't really seen much of lately is Fandango, who we found out has a torn labia. Oops, uh, labrum. Uh, he'll be out for six months and. Uh, hopefully in that time they're able to figure out something to do with him and Tyler Breeze or even, you know, separate them. Um, I'm not sure the next time they're going to do a superstar shakeup, uh, if, if it's going to be within six months, cause that would be a good way to maybe do something with Fandango. Obviously, you know, they, they were pretty over team and everything of like that, but they, you know, the ones who they didn't capitalize them when capitalize on them when they had a chance and now they're, you know, in this position here where Tyler Breeze randomly shows up in, in the backstage and makes fun of people. So, um, and last bit of injury news, uh, the G1 special uh, took place in San Francisco and something that we've talked about extensively uh, on the rundown here in terms of independent wrestling is that things are not always as safe as WWE. And, and you know, part of the sacrifice for these fantastical matches is safety and so that's why oh well these guys had a five-star match yeah but they also did a lot of really risky shit and that's something that obviously wwe tries to be very safe on they don't want their employees to get hurt not that the independent promoters want their employees to get hurt either um, but oftentimes their employees are maybe on a one-day contract or you know a part-time contract things like that or, you know, just a handshake agreement to come and, and work a show or something like that. So, um, but that's, it's one of the, one of the facts of the matter is, is that, you know, things are a little less safe on the Indies because you're dealing with varying levels of guys having in, in terms of their abilities. Um, you're dealing with people who are trying, are trying to go so balls out to put on this fantastic match that they might, you know, take some, cut some corners on things to make things look better. And sadly we had a very serious injury and another one that was just from uh, just a careless accident. Uh, the first and the serious one, uh, Romu Takahashi wound up, uh, it appears to have broken his neck and his back. And what happened because he was in a match with Dragon Lee and Dragon Lee did um, did a suplex where normally you're supposed to bridge through. So you drop a guy on his shoulders like you're supposed to, and you bridge, and they're safe. He wound up letting go and dropping uh, Hiromo right on his head. And because of that, uh, Hiromo wound up finishing the match because fucking because the guy's tough. Um, but yeah, he's he's in the hospital. They they believe it to be a broken neck, broken back. We're not sure the extent of it we're not sure if this is it for him or if, uh, obviously he's got some broken you know spinal cord and everything like that he's probably gonna be out for quite a while um i know dragon lee's getting some some heat for it but yeah it was it was an unsafe move to do 
and he wound up potentially, you know, he could have paralyzed this dude. He could have killed Takahashi. Thankfully, he didn't. Thankfully, Takahashi is up and and talking, but he might have ended this dude's career, you know, or at the very least, you know, has taken him out and, and probably done irreparable damage to him. Uh, the other one took place in in a match, um, just a, a a random match. If I I gotta bring it up here because I forgot to to look um, at exactly what match it was, but this this one was was somewhat weird. Uh, it was uh, yeah, so it was the IWGP US Championship. So it was it was Juice Robinson and uh, Switchblade Jay White. And there's a spot um, where White is supposed to suplex Robinson into the guardrail. Now, the guardrail wasn't connected properly. Um, You can see it's not connected. But I would say... I don't don't know, because... (laughs) It's one of those things, like, you could could potentially blame it on that, on the fact that the guardrail was just loose. Um, But you can also kind of blame it on the fact that this is... The, the the announced crew should not be sitting right there. Um, but what happened was uh, Switchblade wound up suplexing Juice Robinson into the barricade. The barricade flew into Jim Ross right into his ribs and wound up breaking his ribs. Now, Ross, of course, is a professional. He went back to work. Um, his <laughs> his uh, commentary partner, of course, Josh Barnett, is a you know former UFC guy. Uh, wound up getting up and getting in the face of uh, Jay White and uh, talking to the officials and stuff like that. Um, none of this was scripted, and yeah, this was this was an injury that uh, obviously could have been prevented. Jim Ross is is a guy who should not be put into those situations at all, where he could potentially get hurt. It, it's an odd setup, anyways, um, and it's one where. You know they they can't see it coming. At least when when things are happening on the announce table, I mean they they know it's coming. They can get up and they can get the hell out of the way. Oh, that's terrible. Um. So yeah. So I know that Jericho's gone on record saying that, you know, he's hoping that he can talk with some of the guys, and try to make New Japan a little bit safer. But again, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's been going on for a long time that uh, you know it's not. This isn't just a new Japan issue. Obviously, this is this is an independent wrestling issue as a whole, and a lot of places don't have the money to you know to have sturdier barricades or, um, like I said, the workers will be trying to put on a show to try to get get themselves booked again on the show you know, try to give the fans something. And, and the, the sad consequence of that is that, yeah, sometimes they have to do some moves that'll make, that'll stick with you and the injury, the injury potential raises there. So, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of, I'm, I'm one that doesn't like to, to complain about, you know, like the whole Ms. Soft style thing and stuff like that. I fucking get it, man. I mean, you're asked to wrestle, you know, at times, three to four times a week. And if you're out there, you know, doing moves like Leo Rush did in the 205 Live match uh, on, on house shows and stuff like that, it's you have to start asking, like, when is this worth it, you know? Um, go, go and watch that match. Leo Rush is um, 
as as bad as he is at Twitter, he's he's even better in the ring. But obviously, um, you don't have to ask the other rundown hosts about him because they they gush over him. Obviously, they know him. Um, but yeah, it's you know hopefully eventually we start seeing more of these uh, uh, indie promotions start going to uh, a little bit safer of a style or or you know talking to some of the workers and saying if you do moves that are are you know that potentially hurt someone or if you do moves that hurt somebody because you're not being safe then we're not going to book you anymore but um one of the last things i'll say before we head to the main event is that for some reason the shark cage continues to be a thing because um as if the the asuka carmella feud couldn't get any worse um we decided that we're going to hang james ellsworth in a fucking shark cage and they did that by having asuka face him in a match now i am all for um intergender matches um or or they call it mixed which yeah intergender is the one where they fight each other i'm all for that i'm all for integrated in but anybody facing james ellsworth is not going to come out looking good because he's 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 booked as like a guy that you should be able to punch one time and his head would implode so having having him face off against asuka again we we've talked about the fact that asuka's been very much wasted after the streak ended um and even this the streak ending has been wasted too because charlotte has hasn't done anything obviously she's out injured now as well but yeah um i don't know why this gimmick is still here this whole shark cage thing it doesn't make any sense and uh, you know there's a reason why it wasn't used for a fucking decade because it's it's stupid it sucks and it just takes away from you know the actual match at hand not that carmela and oscar are going to be like a barn burner or anything like that but to have to have this continue is just ugh, i don't know um and the main event which will also take us into the to the previews is the fact that extreme rules only has one extreme rules match and i really have to wonder if it's time to retire extreme rules um, one of the things that we know is that there's we don't know what gimmick pay-per-view is going to be taking place in october because they have moved TLC back to December. Um, I would almost think that this is a TLC pay-per-view, considering the matches that we have here. Because, like I said, we have one Extreme Rules match. It's not the main event, because they're not going to put Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax in the main event. Um, We have an Iron Man match, and a Steel Cage match, and a Tables match. It's just a a weird fucking um, thrown-together different stipulations and stuff like that when i thought before it was the whole fact that like ah, it's supposed to be hardcore matches for a lot of the different matches but instead we get one match which isn't the main event uh because i'm assuming styles and rusev is the main event but who knows at this point they might put reigns and lashley on last we never know oh <sighs> man i just i just don't know you know gimmick pay-per-views to me other outside of royal rumble and main and money in the bank just have kind of passed the prime i'm fine with elimination chamber too that's that's fine because that's something that we don't see outside of it but we see hell in a cell matches we see extreme rules matches or false anywhere matches or notice qualification matches and a whole sparring matches all the same thing in wwe's mind um obviously tlc 
every once in a while you'll see a TLC match outside of TLC, but typically that's only safe for that. Um, thankfully, we stopped doing stairs matches as well because that was dumb. Um, but again, it's it's just one of those things, man. Like you can't come up with better names for your pay per views that you have to use, like the the stipulation for it. Because I mean, you could call this this WWE bad blood, and I'd be fine with it. But you're calling it Extreme Rules, you, you expect it to be more than one match for Extreme Rules. So, speaking of, we'll go right into the to the predictions here. Um, so, Alexa Bliss will defend the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax in an Extreme Rules match. Uh, this feud has been not good. Um, you know, we've, we've talked at length at this point about Alexa and Nia Jax, about, you know, and, and we've discussed Nia Jax kind of take it real, uh, last week, um, with some of her, her, uh, Twitter antics, but, um, both me and Jason have chosen Alexa Bliss to retain. I, I hope that she does because the, the Nia Jax as Raw Women's Champion didn't work and I don't know that you can even blame the booking for it. I mean, you probably can, but to me, man, I don't know. She's she's someone that needs to go back to being, you know, the the big big bad bruiser. And right now, she's not that. You know, they they made her a bad guy for one match, and then turned her back into a good guy. And it's it's not conducive to get people to to root for somebody if they're just flip flopping like that makes it very difficult for you to get behind somebody who turns and then instantly turns if there's not a good storyline behind it and with this there's not any storyline behind it it was just oh we need her we need her to be bad so that way we can get the title back off of her um after alexa bliss got her breast implants you know oh we okay well now alexa bliss is back well we've got to do something before not, um, ronda rousey gets back because we weren't gonna have a work extreme rules. What are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, if I can suggest not getting Mike's harder watermelon, it's not that good. It's getting me drunk, but it's not that good. Uh, the next match, the WWE Championship is on the line as AJ Styles takes on Rusev. Now, I for one am very happy that Rusev gets to gets a WWE title shot. Uh, he's a guy that probably should have been pushed to the main event. Neither me or Jason feel like he's going to take this one, uh, but just giving him the shot helps because obviously, you know, Rusev Day is very over. They're kind of capitalizing on that. Um, obviously, it would be a great surprise if he did win it, but with the caliber of star over on SmackDown, it's hard for me to think that Rusev is going to win this one. And it's very simply because unless they were looking at having Daniel Bryan win it, if Rusev wins, then I think you feel like Daniel Bryan will probably be facing him for the WWE Championship before too long, but if AJ retains, I think you're going to see AJ move on to maybe Samoa Joe or somebody like that. Uh, over on Raw, the Raw Tag Team Championship is on the line as the Deleters of Worlds take on the B Team. Uh, obviously, this this one hit a bit of a snag with uh, um, Bray White uh, checking up his Tinder profile while trying to drive. Um, but the, the B team, obviously another joke team, but as we've seen in the past, joke teams sometimes work because the first SmackDown tag team champions were a joke, uh, which is why I chose the B team to win these belts, uh, in order to eventually, 
um, get them over to the revival um, because both these teams are kind of faces. The B team have a lot of you know fans behind them. Jason has chosen the leader of worlds, which I also can see because this is a toss up. It's another. It's it's two thrown together tag teams showing again that the tag team dials don't really mean shit. Um, we'll get to that in a minute here with the SmackDown tag belts as well. But yeah, again, this is one that you know we're gonna split on, but uh, it's understandable it can go either way because we don't really know what's been going on with Matt and Bray. That whole storyline of them teaming up has just been kind of pushed to the background. I thought we were going to get a little bit more on that. I thought we were going to build a little bit more of the, you know, the the Matt Hardy, the the broken universe or woken universe, however you want to call it. But instead, we have just got the BT making fun of him. So we'll see. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line as Carmella takes on Asuka with James Ellsworth in a shark cage because that's something that happens. Uh, Jason has chosen Carmella. Um, perfectly reasonable to think that he's, she's going to continue. I think actually that, uh, Oscar is going to take this one and they're finally going to put the title on Oscar and maybe do something with her. Um, at this point, as much as I like Carmela, it's, it's time to take that belt off of her, you know, even bringing back James Ellsworth. Yeah, it made sense last time, but I think that you need to have Oscar overcome both of these two and finally put the championship on somebody who can wrestle and then just kind of build it around that on, you know, because you've got a lot more um, heel challengers than than you've got, you know, face challengers. I think you look at the Iconics as as somebody as two two ladies that could eventually face off against Asuka. Um, other than that, I mean, Carmella's pretty much beaten a lot most of the other people. So, and having it be that Charlotte just comes back and faces off against her, against her again, we've seen it already. So we want to see some new things, and then that new thing would be Asuka. SmackDown Tag Team Championships are on the line as the Bludgeon Brothers take on Team Hell No. Now, Jason has chosen the Bludgeon Brothers. That is who I hope wins it. I'm actually going to say that Team Hell No wins it just because that's the way that WWE books things. Um, I think that's their nice little fun way of having Daniel Bryan win another tag team belt and another put another another notch in his belt on things that he's won. Um, which will be disappointing because the Bludgeon Brothers have done a really good job. Um, like I said, this feud has been not focused on them at all. They've almost been a secondary character in this whole thing. Uh, between it being just kind of like Kane and Dana Bryan being together again. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. But honestly, uh, it's just not looking good for them to to keep the belts on these guys. And it would probably be a quick turnaround, obviously, because, you know, Daniel Bryan's got other things to do. Kane's got other things to do. But I could see them winning the belts just to say they won the belts. Um, maybe give it to be like Kane's kind of last little run with the company before, you know, moving on to his pol- his political career. And then Daniel Bryan moving on to something else just as a kind of way to put some gold on him again. Uh, or silver, in this case. Uh, and then you've got a lot of challengers for... You know the the belts after that that you can you can either put them back on the Bludgeon Brothers or you know Team Hell No is a team that could face against anybody, so you could easily throw them on the New Day or you know give it to um, fuck else is out of the club. You know you could give them to the club and have them be champions in both shows. I don't know. I I wouldn't have had them in this match in the first place. So. 
The WWE Intercontinental Championship is on the line in a 30-man Iron Man match. And the wrong person is a champion, and the wrong person's in this match. Because Dolph Ziggler is going to have to go 30 minutes with Seth Rollins. Now, Seth, we know, can go 30 minutes. Seth could go fucking two hours and still make it good. Dolph, on the other hand, I don't know, man. Uh, but obviously, this is going to be essentially a two-on-one match. Because in a 30-man Iron Man match, you can kind of get away with a lot more. And you could easily have, you know, Dolph drop a... Or get disqualified once just for them beating the shit out of him. And eventually, set, you know, get it back. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I picked Dolph Ziggler to retain. Uh, Jason, surprisingly, despite the fact that, you know, he said that Seth only lost the belt so he could move it to the main event, has chosen Seth Rollins to win the IC title back. So, interesting little plot development there. Wish he was here, because it would be interesting to hear that, and also for him to defend himself, because I'm just going to call him a fucking idiot, for even broaching that, or to, to give WWE that much credit, that they had it thought out that well, that... You know, Seth Rollins is only going to drop the belt, and we needed to put it on Ziggler, so that way Ziggler could quickly drop it again. Nope, didn't look that way. All right. Roman Reigns takes on Bobby Lashley in a Who Gives a Fuck match. Um, and we see uh, Jason's chosen Bobby Lashley. I've chosen Roman Reigns. This is a toss-up, and it doesn't really matter what one way or the other. Um, so it's, you know... But, um, to me, uh, I can see what Jason's probably thinking here. Jason's thinking Bobby Lashley wins it, goes on to face Brock Lesnar. I'm looking at it as Roman Reigns wins it, goes on to face Brock Lesnar. Um, it could easily be that one of these guys wins it and doesn't go on to face Brock Lesnar and just faces the next random person. Um, it would seem to make more sense for Bobby Lashley to do it because he hasn't really done much since coming back. Um, if they want to make him a bigger thing, but me personally, I, I just, it's WWE booking, so. Ugh. All right. The U.S. Championship is on the line as Jeff Hardy takes on Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, we've talked about the fact that Jeff Hardy is working injured right now, um, and I think between that and the, you know, them not wanting to waste Manakamura completely is the reason why both me and Jason have chosen Shinsuke Nakamura to go over Jeff Hardy. Uh, because of the injuries to both of these guys, this feud has not really been been featured much on TV. Obviously, Shinsuke getting beaten because apparently his leg was a bomb, or at least a certified weapon. Uh, Jeff Hardy is just beat up, man. I mean, it's a, it's a long career, and it's a, it's a long career for a high flyer. But... Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think they'd like to see what what Shinsuke can do with it, and and putting this belt on Shinsuke would not only give him a little bit of his momentum back, um, but would let him kind of explore his character more. Um, and then another match that nobody gives a shit about: Finn Balor takes on Constable Corbin. Uh, I believe this is the first singles match since Corbin shaved his head, um, so we'll see shirt or no shirt, which should have been the side bet. Um, but both of us think that Finn Balor is taking it because it's Constable Corbin. You know, at this point, he's looking hes looking like the new, the, like, he's going to eventually take over for Kurt as the GM, and maybe they're going to stop him being um, a wrestler because uh, that's, it seems like that ship has kind of sailed for him. Uh, but he gets another chance here, so we'll see what happens with him. 
Uh, we have a steel cage match between Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Uh, I've chosen Braun Strowman to win because um, he's Braun Strowman. Jason has chosen Kevin Owens to win because it's Braun Strowman's money in the bank, and typically those guys go on losing streaks before, you know, kind of taking off again and, and winning the belt. Um, me, I just think Kevin Owens is kind of their whipping boy, so him losing another match, I don't think, first of all, doesn't affect him all that much. Um, second, it's just it's, it's Kevin Owens losing a match. It's nothing new. Uh, then in the pre-show, the New Day take on Sanity in a tables match. Jason's chosen Sanity. I have chosen New Day. Uh, it's a match that doesn't fucking matter, really. Sanity has been horribly underbooked. Uh, the New Day are the New Day. <sighs> I don't even know at this point, man. I don't I don't know what to say about this feud, even. Because the New Day are going to throw pancakes around. Sanity is going to throw some New Day members around. And that's fucking it, man. Like, it's not... I think that the that this event will still be decent, but I also think that there's a good potential that nothing happens here, that no titles change hand, nothing nothing really big happens um, because they're going to save things up for you know SummerSlam. But who knows? We'll we'll see it. But uh, obviously, you know, we'll have the uh, we'll have our reactions to Extreme Rules next uh, next week. Um, but the, with that, we'll go right into the independent dates. And ICW returns July 29th to the La Pica Lounge with a 4 p.m. bell time. Doors open at 3 p.m. All tickets are $15. The main event sees the ICW alternative title on the line in a bundles of light tubes match as Marcus Crane takes on the Dark Prophet Oren Veit. The ICW World Championship will be on the line as Ice Pick Vic Capri takes on Jiku Janos. A six-man tag team match between Dis and Bear Kingdom as they take on high-class violence. The ICW tag team title match will see Special Forces Corporal Robinson and Blaze and Benjamin take on Shoots and Wanderer, Wanderers A.C. Riley and Scott Marciano with Jason J. An all-weapons-are-legal match will, will be between Psycho Chase McCoy and Hatred 1 Kato. A double debut match as Scotty D takes on Mongo as both of them make their ICW debuts. The ICW Midwest title will be on the line as Marman Mario Cravello takes on Stacy Shadows. And a tag team mat- grudge match between Zach McGuire and, and Jack Blackwell with Miss Hatred against Just Saying, Simon Says, and Jacob Hoffman. Friday, August 10th, the Amer- at the American Legion Post 52 in La Crosse, Wisconsin, the River City Championship Wrestling present The Anniversary. Former WWE and Impact star Mr. Ken Anderson takes on AC Riley. The heavyweight championship will be on the line in a title burst career match as the natural Chris Black takes on Jared Jacks. The tag team championship tournament continues and much more to come. Advanced discount tickets are available at rccw.rocks tickets and limited front row seating is still available. Lucky Pro Wrestling returns to the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts on Saturday, August 11th with Summer Sizzle. No matches are official yet, but Taylor Hendricks has been confirmed as appearing. Maybe. (laughs) Plus, Alicia Edwards won an impromptu number one contenders match at Star Clash 5, and her title match will take place on August 11th. There's a question mark. That's why my voice went like that. Uh, Doors open at 7 p.m. Live wrestling at 7.30 p.m. Tickets for this event are just $15 or a four-pack for $50. Tickets are available now online or at the one-stop shop in Clinton, 
UFO Wrestling goes back to where it all started as they present Big Bang 10 on Thursday night, August 23rd in the Malden Irish American. I said Big Bang 10, it says Big Bang X. I'm assuming that means Roman numerals, but it could just be Big Bang X. Sorry. Bell time is 7 p.m. The main event is the UFO heavyweight champion and ROH star, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, as he defends the title against the returning mass hole, Mike McCarthy. Hey, you took our coach. Uh, I'm going to say that that's probably the cool people defend the UFO tag team championships against the reuniting red carpet club, Dean Douglas and Jason Rumble. Former Impact Wrestling star Robbie Eagles one-on-one with the international male Aaron Armadeus. The selfie-made man Vern Vicello takes on New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Slick Wagner Brown. Also, there will be a special autograph session with former WCW Impact WWE star Ernest the Cat Miller, somebody call his mama. Um, also scheduled to appear the Widow Belmont, Davey N, Adam Barrasano, The Murder Lodge, Dan Terry, the biggest of them all, Benny Jux, the prize Alec Price, and the professional Channing Thomas, and many more. Card, of course, is subject to change. Front row tickets are $15. General admission, $12. For more information, check out UFO Wrestling on Facebook. And to reserve your tickets, you can use the Friends and Family feature at paypal.me slash Dillon. And that does it for this Thursday, July 12th, 2018. It'll be another seven days before Jason returns. You can... This is, I always have a problem with this. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook.com, slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 617-863-6967. That's 61 Rundown 7. And we are now on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com, slash Rundown Wrestling to become a patron. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on their wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on the show Yusel and Waltz on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other great shows, the NXT Revisited Podcast, the Rundown Sit Down, WrestleMania Salvation, Glow Stick, and the Nitromania Podcast. You can visit our host on Twitter at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at WrestleMania Dow, and at Stone Cold Salzer. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we will see you next week for our review of the Sum Limits. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned on the side of the road where I ran it over with my car, backed up and ran it over again, but managed to somehow nurse it back to health. This episode was hosted by me and was edited by me. Sorry. And we are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. You can check out all the other podcasts and shows on questonnetwork.com. Some of them still exist, and some of them are coming back. And tune in next week for an older new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.